The Louisville men's basketball team got back in the win column with a victory over the Wake Forest Demon Deacons on Wednesday evening. We'll talk about that win and this weekend's action on this episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for a special end of your financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. I also want to take this time to thank you personally for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Global podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. As I mentioned, the Louisville men's basketball team got back in the win column with a solid win over the Wake Forest Demon Deacons on Wednesday evening. We will analyze everything you need to know from that matchup, and then we will transition into previewing the next opponent, which will come over the weekend against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets down in Atlanta Talk about the players to watch, keys to the game, and final predictions for that one. And then the final segment, the Louisville women's basketball team returns to action after an over, actually over a week hiatus uh, from play after defeating ranked UConn. They will take on Boston College in the first match of the ACC slate. Um, we'll talk about that matchup along with another matchup with uh, number 16th ranked Georgia Tech um, on Sunday. So we won't be able to talk about that beforehand with the uh, end of year in review episode tomorrow. Or I'm um, yeah, with in end of year uh, review episode tomorrow. So we'll go ahead and preview that uh, in, in today's episode. Before we get to the content of today's show, like I mentioned, for those who are not aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as both a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst. I also do some PA announcement work for the university in various sports. You can follow my personal Twitter in the graphic. The handle is in the bottom left corner of your screen, and the podcast Twitter page is at LO underscore Louisville. So let's get right on into the content of today's show. The Cardinals defeated the Wake Forest Demon Deacons 73-69 to on Wednesday evening, snapping a uh, one-game losing streak, uh, the game against Western Kentucky, the first game after the COVID pause. Cards trailed at halftime in this one and outscored the Demon Deacons 47-38 to in the second half to win the contest by four points. Right off the bat, uh, some overall thoughts. I think that we, we saw a little bit, um, you know, we saw s- some improvement uh, in, in terms of the you know, offensive flow. There still was a, you know, a, a period in that first half where I, I believe the team had 17 points with at the under 12 timeout and then um, closing in on the under four timeout, they had 19 points. So, you, you know, you, the team still went through some, you know, so through, through a scoring lull, but the second half was a lot different. I thought they shot the ball a lot better in the second half. Uh, the intensity was there, I, you know, getting to the rack. Uh, you Looking at it statistically speaking, 
the Demon Deacons did not shoot well from deep, only 25.9% compared to Louisville going 10 for 22 or 45.5%. Cards almost doubled up the Demon Deacons on free throws. 34 attempted for the cards, 18 for the Demon Deacons. There was a controversial play at the end of the game. I believe there was 29 seconds. Sam Williamson got the offensive rebound and the shot clock did not reset. No one from Wake Forest... Um, you know, challenged it or mentioned anything to the to the officials, and it ended up uh, to the point where Wake, uh, the shot clock was turned off. Wake Forest had to foul, and Louisville ended up going up by um, five or four points. So there's been some flack all over social media. I've seen it, but in my opinion, you know, if that phantom if that phantom timeout isn't called at the end of the first half of the football game, in which Wake Forest won by three points. Um, coincidentally, then this basketball thing uh, will let it slide. But no, in all reality, it, it definitely was a missed call. Louisville got lucky, but I thought the end of the game here was, put it this way, I feel like there's a trend for when Louisville is in close games. They do well of closing it out. They um, they clutch up. They, they really uh, dig their heels in and they go to work. Uh, you look at the game against... Uh, Maryland, uh, the game against uh, NC State, etc. You know when they played some quality opponents. And Wake Forest, you know, is, is a pretty decent opponent. Their only loss on the season comes to the LSU Tigers, and, and it was one of those to where they weren't necessarily, um, you know, truly threatening LSU. LSU actually just received their first loss of the season um, last night. So overall on the year, I think LSU outside of Virginia Tech, they actually Wake Forest beat Virginia Tech by 19 points. That was the only Power 5 team outside of LSU and um, a win over Oregon State by three earlier in the season. So Wake Forest, although probably not going to be in the top four uh, of the ACC standings at toward the end of the season, an ACC win is an ACC win, and that's something that we cannot overlook, especially with a global team that is trying to find its footing, trying to get the chemistry issues um, you know, resolved and the rotations solved and stuff like that. And it doesn't help that you go – um, with an over a week COVID pause and you come back, you know, multiple players apparently tested positive over that time. I'm not going to mention who I'm not going to speculate on who it is um, or respect that privacy. But at the end of the day, I, I thought that this was a pretty solid win to build off of the cards are two and zero in ACC play as we saw last season and pretty much every year since the cards have been in the conference, every single contest in conference play matters, you know, whether that be conference seeding in the tournament at the end of the year, whether that be, you know, a, you know, one game can separate you from the bubble to being outside the field or the bubble being included in the last four teams in, but ultimately a, a solid win. You know, we're not going to overreact and say, I think that uh, some of my concerns uh, have been alleviated. I think that this was a solid showing for the most part. I like the fire that I saw in the team in the second half. But some of the issues still arose. Uh, the Cards did out-rebound the Demon Deacons by four. They only turned the ball over 11 times. Um, like I said, shot almost double free throws. So it, it's one of those to where you're happy with the result, but you want to continue to see um, some more things go down. In, in terms of the box score, I was relieved to see Noah Locke kind of break out of his funk. He went five for eight uh, from the field. All five makes coming from behind the arc. He had two free throws as well. Led the Cards with 17 points scoring. Uh, Sam Williamson had 12. Malik Williams had a very solid game. A very solid game. 11 points, six rebounds, three blocks. Uh, another player that um, I thought I, I was in, 
extremely impressed with. Although he only went three for ten from the field, one for three from behind the arc, four for six from the free throw line. Mason Faulkner, eleven points, five assists, four rebounds. One of the things that he did very well at Western Carolina the past couple of years is just affect the game in more ways than just scoring. I like what he did defensively, and I like he's got a certain level of explosiveness to his uh, scoring repertoire that I think is going to help the Cards uh, overall down the road. And, and I think that he kind of raises the ceiling um, offensively. And he's one of those players a couple weeks ago that I was like, could we see him being inserted into the starting lineup? Because I think that he gives you a little bit of a higher ceiling and an offensive potential than, say, Jared West uh, does, per se. And I think that uh, having Mason Faulkner come off the bench and really show out, even though he didn't necessarily shoot the ball all that well, he played 24 minutes, was it, which is the most uh, off the bench. And actually, um, more than two of the starters, Dre Davis only played 15, Noah Locke only 22. So... <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I liked what I saw at times from Sidney Curry. Sidney came in, only played six minutes, but he had six points and two rebounds. Uh, Jalen Withers, uh, two for five from the field, two for four from the free throw line. He had six points and eight rebounds. I like the intensity that the card showed on the um, defensive glass. When you look at what uh, Wake Forest was able to do, three players in double figures, Williamson, Williams, and LaRavia. And they uh, didn't necessarily shoot the ball all that well, only 25.9% from behind the arc. So solid win for the cards. It's one that you you look at and you're thinking, okay, this has a potential to maybe boost your resume down the road, but we're not going to overreact to it. You know, you can't get too high, can't get too low. You have to focus now on the next opponent coming up. That is the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Um, that game will be held on Sunday, the first uh, game of the new year in Atlanta. Uh, Georgia Tech 6-5 and five on the year. We'll talk about everything you need to know about that matchup here in just a second after we talk about the title sponsor and our friends at NetSuite. So I want you to imagine a situation. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated financing software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. It's the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at Net. Upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash locked. Thanks again for making Locked On Global your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021 with local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview is live now ahead of the Highly anticipated semifinal mad, semifinal doubleheader on New Year's Eve. So let's transition over into Georgia Tech, the next opponent on the conference slate for the Louisville Cardinals. Um, the Yellow Jackets have struggled so far in the season. They are 6-5, and five, having to replace um, some key contributors from a season ago. Uh, ACC Player of the Year, Moses Wright. You also have to replace uh, um, Jose Alvarado as, as well. Through the season, the Yellow Jackets have won one of their past five games, but I, I will mention that the teams that they have played have been pretty solid. The four straight losses 
came to um, ranked ranked uh, teams in Wisconsin, LSU, USC, and they lost by 17 at the hands of North Carolina. The wins over Stetson, Lamar, Georgia, Charleston Southern, Georgia Southern, and Georgia State. They do have a season opening loss to Miami of Ohio as well, coming back on November 9th. So Georgia Tech, not necessarily all that great on the year. They do have some uh, weapons and firepower on that team. Michael DeVoe being one that Louisville fans should probably be familiar with. Uh, he has been a player that has really hurt the cards over the past couple seasons. He leads the team in points, scored 21 points per game uh, to a, to the T, 5.2 rebounds, 3.4 assists, shooting the ball very, very well from deep, 45.9%, and he's stealing about two balls per game. So ultimately, Michael DeVoe is the player you have to look out for. Jordan Usher as well. He's uh, leading the team in rebounds, also second on the team in points, and just under 15 and 7 respectively points and rebounds uh, per game. He's uh, also averages over a steal a game, shooting the ball, just under 37%. So this is a um, Georgia Tech team that shoots the ball 37%, basically um, you know, 37% overall as a team. When you compare the two teams side-by-side side statistically and what kind of uh, matches up, there's a lot of similarities. In, in fact, um, you know, within points scored, you know, Louisville averages just about 71. Georgia Tech's at 69. Points allowed, Louisville averages about 66. Georgia Tech allows about 68. Uh, field goal percentage, Georgia Tech shoots better marginally from the field. Cards out-rebound uh, Georgia Tech <clears throat> essentially by about five rebounds per game. Uh, the same amount of assists, essentially the same amount of blocks and steals. So overall, there's a lot of um, similarities between these teams. They get a lot of uh, rebounding from their guard play. Um, you know, Michael DeVoe and Jordan Usher combined for over 12 rebounds per game. They're uh, by committee. Um, the top four scorers on the team are all guards, so a lot of their um, production will come from the backcourt. In the front court. it's Rodney Howard, 6.2 points per game, 5.5 rebounds, does average uh, two point, um, <clears throat> sorry, 1.1 blocks. So, really, it's one of those things to where they they play kind of a smaller lineup. It's it's mainly backfield or, or backfield, not football season anymore. Dalton basically for the Louisville Cardinals, but backcourt oriented. So they will try to stretch you out and just if if you allow them to hit their shots, it's going to be very tough. So you're going to have to switch. Uh, I'm interested to see how Max defense is going to react to how Georgia Tech. Um, it utilizes their offense. Overall, I felt like for the most part, the cards have had their fair share of um, you know, wins against the Yellow Jackets since joining the ACC. And as I mentioned, the Jackets are still kind of, um, excuse me, they're they're still kind of trying to gain their footing and, and, and get past um, sort of a skid that they're in right now. They're zero one in conference play. Not really many key games to be or um, similar opponents to be able to compare the uh, overall on the season looking kind of at where Georgia Tech is sitting now and, and what they've done their wins have been somewhat unimpressive they really haven't they have one win over a power five team that is uh, the Georgia Bulldogs 88 to 78 and Georgia's not really the greatest uh, but Michael DeVoe has been a guy excuse me who has you know scored in the high twenties, low thirties? You know he he will definitely light it up from deep. Jordan Usher as well. So the one-two punch there. That those are the two players to focus on. You also have Kyle Sturdivant, Dallin Coleman. So very guard oriented. In fact, one, two, three, four, five, 
six of their top eight scorers are in the backcourt. So, um, you know, big guard play. It's going to be interesting to see how how Louisville comes comes through. The keys to the game for the cards, um, you know, limit what Georgia Tech is able to do from three. Uh, really, you know, perimeter defense has to be at the forefront of the game plan for Sunday afternoon. Just considering the fact that I think Georgia Tech, um, when they're on, you know, Michael DeVoe, Jordan Usher, they all really kind of shoot the ball, you know, pretty solid as a group, you know, just under 40%. And it's going to be a, you know crashing the boards and winning the the battle on the glass. They're very I you know they're very very close in in rebounds per game. Wilba has the slight edge, but the thing about Georgia Tech is yes they've struggled over the past you know four games, but they're still a quality squad. They're one of the teams that you have to rebound well against because all five players on the court. Uh, for the Yellow Jackets, like to crash the boards. So perimeter defense, you know, emphasizing perimeter defense and you know winning the rebounding battle is going to be a big, you know, two big keys for the Louisville Cardinals. And finally, you know, the the recurring, you know, thing that we want to see from the Cards, you know, getting out of their scoring lulls. Um, I think that, um, yeah, I want to see them try to attack the paint more. I want to see Malik Williams and Jalen Withers get more. You know, touches inside the paint and let them go to work. I like that Sidney Curry came in for a limited amount of time and gave some good minutes, scored six points on his, uh, I believe it was three field goals. Uh, so ultimately, I, I like to, I'd like to see them, you know, continue to increase the productivity down low. So final prediction time. I think the Cardinals extend their ACC win streak. I, I do think it's going to be a very close game. I could see the cards. I'm going to go. They don't necessarily score a lot of points. Um, but they don't give up too much either. So I'm going to probably go 68-65 in favor of Louisville. I think that uh, both teams are going to shoot the ball pretty decently in the first half. It's going to be a game of runs. I think that it's going to be very close at the end, but like the game against NC State, like the game against Wake Forest, I ultimately have the gut feeling that Louisville is going to come out on top to go 3-0 and in ACC play to start out and um, you know cap off. Uh, us, you know, cap off the 2021 you know, calendar year and start 2022 off with a very solid win. A conference win on the road is definitely something to uh, to relish in. So uh, we'll continue to talk about that next Monday. We will recap that game against Georgia Tech and tell you everything you need to know from that matchup. But for now, I want to transfer in or I want to transition, not transfer, transition into the women's basketball side of things. They're back in action. Since about, I think it's almost over 10 days off um, since defeating UConn up at the Mohegan Sun. They start the ACC slate with a matchup with the Boston College Eagles. We'll tell you everything you need to know about that matchup after we tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has had you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college bowl season and toward the pro football playoffs. It remains your number one spot for all the sports action. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code Locked On. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC rights, your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 campaign. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. So, transitioning into the Louisville Women's Basketball Contest tonight against the Boston College Eagles. 7 o'clock tip-off at the KFC Yum Center to open up the ACC slate. Uh, for starters, uh, we'll talk both about uh, the Thursday tonight's matchup against Boston College, and we'll also preview a top-20 matchup with the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets all in this segment. Uh, for starters, uh, Boston College 8-3 and three on this season. The three losses they have are to Bradley, 
to VCU and to ranked North Carolina. Not necessarily any convincing wins on the season so far. Um, a team that is still looking to try to get a marquee victory and one that Louisville pretty much should win by. I'm predicting a, a 20-point Louisville victory. Uh, the players to watch for, it's Taylor Sula and uh, Sewell and uh, Cameron Swartz. Two uh, 5'11 senior Sewell leads the team with um, 18.8 points per game. Uh, Swartz averaging 12.2 points per game for her as well. So <clears throat> they both... Uh, not necessarily great three-point shooters for for the season. I mean, Boston College only shoots the ball about 30, 32% from behind the arc, so they're not the greatest in terms of uh, in terms of overall um, perimeter shooting. They do get out rebound, or I'm sorry, they out rebound their opponents by about five per game, uh, but um, they do turn the ball over about twenty one point two points. 21.2 times per game. So overall, this is going to be a matchup to where I think Louisville, Louisville's defense is going to be smothering the third best scoring defense in the country, allowing 48.3 points per game. This is a team that is riding a 10-game winning streak. I think it's going to go to 11 as we head into the weekend as they, you know, um, you know coincidentally will play Georgia Tech. Uh, and that, That's kind of funny that the fact that both teams play Georgia Tech on the weekend, let alone. I could be wrong, but I think that it's actually um, – is that game – that game is – yeah, it's on Sunday. Both of these games are on Sunday. That's very interesting that both teams play at Georgia Tech on the same day. So, overall, going to be one that I, I, I am very much looking forward to considering the fact that uh, Georgia Tech is a very solid opponent. Uh, but, you know, just kind of recapping – what um, Boston College does, like I mentioned, still trying to find their footing. They are 8-3 and three on this season. Every opponent's one that you have to respect. And at the end of the day, I think this is going to be one where Louisville's going to win by about 15 to 20 points. It might be close early on, but the smothering defense that the Cardinals possess, it's going to make life very tough for Sewell and Swartz and the rest of the Eagles' offense. Like I said, very easy not necessarily easy, but um, yeah, I think it's going to be a very compelling win tonight for the Cardinals. And then on Sunday, like I mentioned, at number 16, Georgia Tech, the Cards have the third best scoring defense. Georgia Tech has the number one best scoring defense. They're averaging, they're allowing about three points less per game. I think it's like 45.5 or something like that in that area. But the Yellow Jackets are 10 and 2 on the season, losses to Auburn and um, Purdue earlier um, in December and at the end of November. The wins on the season, they do have a 13-point win against Belmont, which is a consistent opponent that the, the Cards have played as well. They also have played UConn, uh, winning by 13 on December 9th. Uh, UConn had been, had been and is still battling some injury issues, so not necessarily the same strength of UConn team. So far, uh, they do have a vict uh, one-point victory over Georgia. <coughs> Excuse me. So very solid Georgia Tech team. It's likely going to be one of those games where you're like, "What's the score? Why is it that low?" Both teams, you know, are you know score the ball pretty at a pretty decent rate, but it's going to be definitely a defensive matchup. When you look at the scoring averages, uh, four player, I'm sorry, five players average over eight points per game. They average over about 62.7 points per game offensively for the Yellow Jackets. Kind of like Louisville in the sense of you have multiple players uh, really pitching in from you know an overall balanced perspective, and there's not necessarily one star that sticks out. Uh, Lorella Kubaj, uh, 8.4 points per game, 12 
0.6 rebounds per game. That's going to be something that we um, need to keep an eye out on as we look for Louisville to um, try to get some more production out of their front court in Liz Dixon, Olivia Cochran, and even Emily Inksler as a small ball five. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup because you know both teams, you know they're, what they do is you know they both play very very good defense three point wise. They don't shoot the ball well at all from behind the arc. Twenty nine point four percent from the three point line for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, but they are allowing a staggering twenty three point six percent. So for Louisville, it's just a matter of continuing to, you know, you know what you've done all year. Your bread and butter, your your best defense has turned into your best offense. They've done well in transition. It's got to be taking advantage of a lackluster Georgia Tech offense and getting out in transition to where you don't allow you know, the Yellow Jackets to use that very solid half-court defense. So I'm going to predict a Cardinal victory here. I think it's going to be about six to seven points. Um, let's go... 54-48, uh, both teams would be allowing over their season averages of scoring defenses, but these are you know some of the better offenses that the team that the two teams have played respectively. So I think it's going to be, you know, by next Monday, we're going to talk about two solid wins for the Louisville women's basketball team and moving to 12 and one on the year, 2-0 in conference play. Um overall talked about the Louisville men's basketball victory against Wake Forest and why it's a good win, but you look forward now to Georgia Tech, and we previewed that Georgia Tech matchup, talked about the key players to watch, the keys to the game for the cards, and predicted a Louisville victory. And then the Louisville women's basketball team back in action tonight. We talked about the victory, or I'm sorry, the matchup against Boston College briefly and the matchup against Georgia Tech on Sunday in Atlanta against the number 16th ranked Yellow Jackets. Uh, tomorrow, Jeremy Wallman joins the set finally for the week. It's, it's kind of been pushed back and pushed back, but uh, it is uh, the final day of the year tomorrow. We'll do a year in uh, you know, year in review, talk about the highlights of the year and some predictions for the 2022 calendar year and what that entails for the Louisville Cardinals. Before we get out of here, a couple quick shout outs first to the Cardinal Sports on podcast. That next episode will be released on Sunday or maybe Monday morning, one of the two. You can check that out at cardinalsportszone.com and the Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q with handicap expert from Lee Sterling. You can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. But that's going to wrap up this Thursday edition of the show. We'll see you right back here tomorrow, everyone. Have a great day.